Welcome back, everybody. We are here for another episode of Legally Dirty Blonde, and we are continuing our conversation on the Depp v. Heard defamation case being held in Fairfax County, Virginia. So if you listened to last episode, you already know that we just finished Johnny's case in chief, and today we will be diving right into Amber Heard's case and her presentation of her side of the facts. So before before we waste any more time, let's get right into it. <laughs> So before we get into the testimony today, which I will point out now was from the expert psychologist for Amber Heard and not from herself, which was an interesting change. Um, I do want to talk quickly about the motion to dismiss that was made by the defense. So I saw a lot of people that were really upset about this. And I I just want to make I just want to clear things up. There's nothing to be upset about. It is actually this is this is standard practice in, in the law. And Basically, when the plaintiff finishes their case, <clears throat> finishes, excuse me, finishes presenting their case, it's it's without fail every time, even if even if the plaintiff did a fucking stellar job, the, the defense stands up and is like, judge, your honor, they didn't meet their burden of proof. They haven't proved their case. We are asking for a dismissal. We don't even have to show our side because like they did so shitty. Please, please just dismiss our case. It is standard. It happens. I haven't seen it not happen, to be honest. And 99.999% of the time, these get dismissed. And now these aren't like paper motions usually. They're literally oral arguments in front of the judge, not in front of the jury, by the way. Keep that in mind. I keep seeing people posting shit about that. Like, how dare the, how dare Ben Chu say these things in front of the jury? And I'm like, girl, he didn't say it in front of the jury. You're just fucking confused. So yeah, so so don't worry about that so much. Um, it's, it's very common. It happens in, I would say, pretty much almost every case. And don't worry even more because Judge Askrat wasn't hearing it. And she was like, nah, Nah, motion denied. Goodbye. So then they jumped right into their case. And you know what? They, they knew that was going to happen. They're prepared to continue. They weren't like, we're going to get out of this right here and we're not going to have to do anything. They, they knew that they, that, that wasn't going to get granted. So they were prepared and they were prepared with Dr. Dawn Hughes, who is a clinical and forensic psychologist who has been board certified and practicing, I think, for 25 years, she said. Um, she is based out of New York City and she has a private practice there and she she um she treats patients with issues like substance abuse, domestic violence abuse and trauma, child sexual abuse and veterans. So her focus is more on interpersonal violence, what we've been calling IPV and we're going to probably refer to refer to it as IPV. So again, that's interpersonal violence. Um and so her her focus like I was saying is on interpersonal violence, domestic violence, rape and sexual assault. Uh, she goes into her credentials, which are great, but I'm not, I'm not going to get into them because I just don't want to. And it's not really that important to me. Um, she's an, she's been an expert witness. She says 50 times before, like I was saying in in the last episode, this isn't not, this is not uncommon. Uh, usually if you're an expert witness, you kind of keep doing it because you know what it makes, it it pays a lot of fucking money guys. I'll be honest. Um, but she did say she, she's been an expert 50 times before over half of those times she was, she was testifying as an expert in IPV and traumatic stress, and she has testified for both the defense and the plaintiff. 
So this is why did she bring this up about like I I've testified for both the defense and the plaintiff. This is actually I'm gonna I'm gonna go into a little bit about these experts for a second just so you guys understand. Um, and well, at least I'm gonna go into my experience with them. So as a medical malpractice attorney, we have a we always are dealing with experts because we have to explain these complicated medical things to people that have no idea what the fuck is going on with medicine for the most part. So you know we got to get people that are able to teach lay people about things. Um, and are also able to keep people interested. This is a very lucrative area to 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 be in because let me let me tell you they make a lot of money and I'll I'll get into that in a second. Um, it, it, it this whole plaintiff defendant thing comes into play a lot in medical malpractice because generally number one plaintiffs attorneys pay a lot more money to medical malpractice witness uh, medical excuse me at medical expert witnesses in in medical malpractice cases. And also because if you're like always testifying for the plaintiff and always testifying for the person who is injured and not testifying on behalf of the doctors, you know, sometimes people will look at that and say like, what the fuck's up with this dude? You're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be on the side of your own fucking do- like other doctors. Why are you testifying against them for large sums of money? It seems kind of sketchy, you know? So also, so basically like what you do when there's an expert is like, especially if they're what we call a quote unquote frequent flyer, meaning somebody that testifies as an expert witness often you're going to go and you're going to find all of their old trial transcripts and what they said in those transcripts you're going to go through them you're not going to go through them you're going to have your associate go through them and you're going to they're going to find every everything that whatever the topic of this case that you're talking about is you're they're going to go through and they're going to find every statement under oath that this expert made regarding for example let's use this IPV and then you're going to be ready to get up there and say well didn't you say in this case that IPV was this, and now you're saying it's this. So that's one thing that you do with these experts when you're. I'm talking about cross examination now, not not with direct. Obviously, on direct, they're eliciting that you want it to be positive, not negative. But so that's that's one important thing. Another important thing. Now, let me say that when it, the more an expert testifies, the more likely they are to say some contradictory shit. You know what I mean? Um, that you're going to be able to make them look a little a little inconsistent on. So we'll see what happens with that on cross of this woman. But I just think that that's important to point out. Also, um, when I say that they make a lot of money, let me tell you that I have I have seen. They also question about this. They'll they'll impeach her on this. They'll say, well, aren't you being paid to be here today? And she'll say yes. Now, they get paid not only to be there every hour, whatever they charge an hourly rate. These rates are let me tell you, they they're high. Um, the ones that I see for plaintiffs are usually, and I'm talking about medical malpractice plaintiffs, 500 an hour and 500 an hour for being there in person, 500 an hour for reviewing all the case materials, which is a large amount of, of stuff, guys. It's, it's a lot. They charge by the hour for travel. They charge by the hour for interviewing these for in this in this situation for interviewing Amber Heard. She will be charging for everything. Now, I had one case where the expert that we were we were up against, he was our adversary. Now, I had so much shit on this guy. It was fucking awesome, guys, let me tell you. So I was I was working with the I wasn't trying in this case. This was this was a long time ago. And this was the trial partner. And I was scared, but it was actually really awesome because this guy looked like a fucking idiot. So he gets up there on direct and he's saying all this shit, blah, blah, blah. We we get our chance. And we he just he just crumbled and he got really mad because aren't you be, aren't you here today getting charged how much did you make overall the guy made like I don't even want to say I think he made like forty thousand dollars just from this case reviewing materials being in court so not only that then he gets paid he gets free travel 
he gets paid for a travel day. Just paid. He's paid because he's not working. I don't know. Mind you, this guy wasn't even practicing. And that's generally the case. Most of the time, frequent flyers no longer practice, which also makes them look bad. Um, This woman still is. Let me point that out. And so is Dr. Curry. Um, But yeah, you know, when you can make it look like a witness that's testifying on one party's behalf is being paid by them, it's really never great, Um, which is what her, her attorneys have been doing this entire time to the employees of Johnny Depp. But anyway... Um, this guy that was testifying, this expert, he was a doctor. He actually invented the fetal heart monitor. Um, this was a case about a baby that was, um, you know, not, not doing well when it was born. Um, and you know, which is a very sad thing. Let me, let me point that out. Obviously, if you don't think so, then you're pretty fucked up. But he, he had testified in every state, every state. And I think it was like 12 foreign countries. He even had to set up a whole like separate corporation to keep his money from expert testimony as it was it totaled in the millions multi-millions isn't that nuts isn't that nuts he, and he wasn't even a practicing physician anymore wild um also that so this is where this whole i only testified she says she testified for both um the plaintiff and defendant this guy had only testified for the defense meaning he didn't he only testified in the defense of fellow doctors one time out of the 50 it wasn't just 50 times 50 states Plus, like whatever amount of times he testified in those states, plus the foreign countries. Insane. But like I said, lucrative, lucrative area to be in, which is probably why people don't leave. So let's move on because I think I think I'm done with uh, explaining to you guys what what uh, being an expert witness is like. So you catch my drift on that. It's not weird that they get paid. So don't so don't get too caught up on that if they bring it up on cross. But, you know, it is important. But let's get back to the trial. So we already went through her, you know, her background a little bit. So now she's she's getting into her testimony. So she explains that when she's talking about IPV, she she uses that term interta- interchangeably when she discusses domestic violence as well. So I guess she just wanted to point that out to keep that in mind to the jury. She she says that IPV is a pattern of manipulate manipulative coercive control and can include a number of different types of abuse, including physical abuse, emotional, sexual, and economic abuse. She said that overall, it's basically one person wanting dominance in the relationship. They then go, by the way, Elaine is doing her direct. Elaine wasn't as annoying, to be honest, this time, which is pretty surprising, and I'm sure shocking to everybody. Um, But then, you know, they went in, they talked about stalking and surveillance, like monitoring people's phones, they then went into specific specifics of economic abuse, which she says is like not allowing access to finances, which leaves people de- uh, basically dependent on the other person. She talked about trauma bonding. She said that this is when p- they p- a pairing a violent dynamic with love and attachment and how victims of, of sexual assault might behave because of this. And why they don't leave. She talked about love bombing, which is like basically when somebody showers somebody with affection and they get the victim hooked, is what she said. She was asked the question, which obviously, if you've been paying attention to the trial, you're going to know why she was asked this question. Would a victim yell at a partner? She said, absolutely. And she said that a victim can be both afraid and angry at the same time. And I, I mean, if you don't know, I'll tell you, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide the plot from you guys. But this is, this is about those audio tapes of Amber Heard like basically screaming and saying terrible things and really being a nasty bitch to Johnny Depp on more than one occasion. So then she talked about how men can be victims too, but that it's different. And I really didn't love this testimony. And I, I really I really took a lot of issue with the way that she was gendering abuse because she she said, she literally said that, that 
you got to keep you got to be careful as as a therapist you have to be careful about gender stereotypes and then went on to say things like women don't fight like then well excuse me let, let me rephrase she went on to discuss common myths about victims of abuse and and she, she she these are these are her own words these are myths by the way women don't fight back women enjoy the violence if it was really that bad she would have left and then she she's talking about trauma survivors and she goes about myths excuse me of trauma survivors she would have been hysterical like and then oh hold on women who are beaten get up the next day and go to work i find this not okay like she she literally says in one sentence like you know we really got to try hard not to gender stereotype because men can be victims too but let me just use the pronouns for women every time i discuss a victim in this entire testimony that i give and i just i don't know if that was on purpose like trying to get the jury to think that johnny depp couldn't be a victim but i just thought as a therapist that it was it was not really great. It was not great. And I would hope that that's not how she really is in her own practice, because if she is, I would worry about her clients that are male. I'm sure it's not, but you never know. Um, you know, so anyway, she pointed out that they, they went through just like a lot of general stuff on abuse without any specifics for a long time. And I, I think most of us know the myths of like, well, wouldn't she have left and things like that? Like, you know, we know that that's not necessarily true. And it takes a lot. It, it usually I think the number is seven times or something for some for an abuse victim to finally leave their abusive partner. You know, it, it, we I think we all know by now that it's not an easy situation. She also talked about like, no, not all victims are hysterical. Some of them like hide their emotions and are stoic. She used the word stoic. Um, that does, and just because you're stoic doesn't mean you don't have an internal reaction. She said that there is no one profile that fits all abuse victims. And, you know, I, I can agree with that for sure. I can definitely agree with that. Um, she's talked about her forensic psychology evaluation of Amber Heard. She said that she pointed out, and again, we know this, that she's an expert. She's not her therapist. So she's not, she's not a client of, uh, Amber Heard is not a client of this doctor's, nor, nor was she a client of Dr. Curry's. But she explained what her forensic evaluation was. She said it was an interview, a psych test, and a review of the medical and psychological records and the records of this case so far. And she said she first met Amber in, in September of 2019, and she spent a total of 29 hours with her, 21 and a half in person, and the rest were over Zoom. Now, what did I say about charging for all that time? Think about this, guys. This is going to be a lot of money for her. Um, again... Everybody gets paid for their testimony, all these experts. So, but they're gonna they're gonna come at her at that, and if they don't, I would be shocked. But she also, I thought this was very interesting. She did a lot of collateral interviews with, uh, not a lot, excuse me. She did two collateral interviews with Amber Heard's treating therapist. So that was interesting. She also did an interview with Amber Heard's mom, who we know has since passed away, and I thought that was interesting too. I'm actually gonna be very interested to see if they're able to get her testimony, not her testimony, anything the mother said in, because like. That's straight up hearsay, and it's also, I don't know, in New York we have something called the dead man statute, which involves, like, whether or not you can, whether or not you can say, like, well, th this person said this if they're, if they're dead and can't, and can't be there to confirm. But anyway, I, I'll be interested to see what happens with that. Um, also, people were pointing out 29 hours is a lot of time for an expert to spend in, with, uh, with somebody in this situation. Just interesting. Um, so it was her conclusion that Amber Heard does, in fact, have PTSD caused by IPV. Interesting, right? Also, total opposite of what Dr. Curry said, but that's that's totally not surprising. 
Um, her main opinions, she said, were that Amber Heard's reports of IPV are consistent with IPV, which I was like, okay, that doesn't really make sense, but all right. Um, she also said Amber Heard showed clear psychiatric and traumatic offense traumatic effects excuse me as a result of the statements made by Johnny Depp's attorney so this is this is Amber Heard's counterclaim is that because Johnny Depp's attorney said these things about me I have PTSD I don't I'm like all right girl I don't know about that um like why don't you have PTSD from being abused and raped like I I don't know I don't get it Um, apparently not apparently it's just from people calling her an asshole um she all she doesn't agree with Dr. Curry regarding the gross is exaggeration and she said that the test that dr curry used was not appropriate and i was like whoa shots fired at dr curry look out we are here battle of the fucking experts y'all all All right so also dr curry was notably in court today listening very intently to this testimony and i'm sure she is preparing for when she is brought back for rebuttal she is going to rebut the fuck out of this stuff so just also dr curry was looking beautiful today i just have to point that out dr curry you're beautiful and you're wonderful and smart so she also said that she doesn't agree with dr curry's interpretation that amber was feigning or faking symptoms and i'm sure a lot of you are laughing at that right now but that's what she said um she talked about the overall gist of the tests that were performed, and she said that this the tests that she performed asked about, you know, both sets of behavior, meaning the behavior of Johnny Depp as well as the behavior of Amber Heard, and that the test showed that there was a high degree of serious violence by Johnny Depp and only a mild, a mild degree of violence for Amber Heard. And I was like, well, what, wait, what? Hold, hold on, what did she just say? Did she just say that she made a conclusion about Johnny Depp's level of violence solely based off of Amber Heard's words? I'm confused. I'm confused about this, and I, I, I don't see how this is valid or makes any sense. And I really hope the jury realize that too. Um, like she's concluding things about Johnny Depp uh, based on Amber Heard's word, and I'm like, objection. Hello. Like, if this doesn't call for speculation, I don't know what the fuck does. But um, you know, the she said she also said that the amount of injury to Amber was way more significant. Then and to then Johnny Depp and that that she was subjected to sexual violence and he wasn't and I'm like how how does she know all of this how is this how does she know that any of or all of this is true and I just I don't know I just found that odd I just found it really strange that she's diagnosing Johnny Depp and his level of violence when she's never seen him met him talked to him weird right all right so she talked a lot of not a lot she talked a little bit about Amber Heard's upbringing she discussed that she had. Her parents were abusive. Her parents were, I guess, abused drugs. I, I didn't know that until today, to be honest with you. But yeah, she said they abused drugs and that, you know, this affected her relationships and that meaning they abused her and abused drugs is what the claim is. And that this affected her the way she the way she deals with her with her relationships. She thought that she was going to be able to, quote unquote, fix Johnny Depp. I think we all know that, you know, that thought process of like women wanting to fix men. And I think that's a little like. I don't know. I when she said that I was like this is just like this is not psychological. We just all know this. Like this is a thing that happens. Like women like bad boys. Again, I I don't really care about this. I don't know what I think. I don't know what's true and what's not at this point. And I think in terms of this testimony, I mean. Um now let's specific physical assaults she gets into. I like okay, trigger warning. I finally get to say this and mean it. Actual trigger warning. We're going to talk about 
description, really pretty specific descriptions of sexual assault. And it's, you know, it's upsetting to hear. So, you know, if you don't want to hear this, I say skip forward probably 10 minutes. Um, and when when she was testifying about this, this is like literally the first time in this entire trial that Amber Heard was visibly like very upset and to be fair I don't believe her I really don't I'm sorry I don't know why you're only getting upset when your witness is up there your abuser was up on the stand you showed no emotion none aside from disgust at times like you weren't upset you weren't I don't know it's just I don't know guys like I don't want I'm not trying to say that like her like not not, all, all abuse victims are different but I just found that I just found it very convenient that now today she's like going to shed one tear. I don't know if she shed a tear, she, but she looked like she could have, but I don't think she did. She's not that good of an actress. Anyway, let's get into these uh, reports of sexual violence. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. So she, she, she pointed out first that, he, you know, he was he was fucked up a lot of the time and he was he, he was trying to fuck her a lot when he was angry and fucked up and. I, I don't know this. I don't know why it matters that he was fucked up necessarily, but you know, she says he grabbed her by the vagina and put his fingers in her vagina and moved her around violently. Um, I thought that was a weird description, but there's that one. She talks about an incident in Hicksville, California, where he was mad about a woman hitting on, on Amber Heard. And we, I think we heard about that. Um, they questioned him about that on cross. And that he later that night, they brought her, I don't know where they were exactly, but that he he gave her a cavity search is what is claimed here, looking for cocaine in her vagina. Like what? What is what? I don't know, guys. Nuts. Um, There was another, like I said, he violently grabbed her by the vagina in one of these situations. He he, he forcibly, he forcibly forced her. He forced her to give him oral sex. Um... Then they talk about Australia. She says he was choking her, beating her, and it penetrated her with a liquor bottle. And this expert testified that she said that Amber said, I just went inside my body and I was thinking, God, I hope it's not the open bottle. And I mean, I don't listen. If 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 this was anybody but Amber Heard saying this, I would be like, oh, my fucking God, fuck this fucking guy. I don't believe her, though, guys. After all of the shit that we've seen. All of the contradictions, no evidence of any injuries, no evidence of medical records indicating any injuries. I got a problem with it. I got a, I got a problem with it. I got to say. Um, so let's see. Where are we now? She talks about that when he when he couldn't get it up, he would become even more violent with her. And, you know, I, I mean, I guess. All right, fine. It seems like a good narrative for your story. So. So stick with it because you're you're too far in now, guys. So that that was I'm not, that was all of it. That was all. These were all the the sexual violence allegations that that were that are being claimed here. And you know, I do have to point out that there was a point during her testimony where she was saying all this stuff, but not all this stuff. I mean, she was testifying to all these claims of sexual violence and sexual abuse by Johnny Depp to Amber Heard, and she it it appeared that she didn't realize that Amber Heard did not claim these until this trial. Like she she didn't bring this up until until this trial. She never brought it up initially in 2016. She didn't bring it up in. I don't believe she brought it up at the UK trial. And I'm so I'm pretty sure this is the first time we were all hearing about being penetrated with a bottle and all this other crazy stuff. And I, I like again, I know that there's a stigma with abuse victims about them not coming forward and people use that against them. But I just 
think that the details of this, it's its just, there's just too many things to make me question Amber Heard's credibility. And, you know, it's sad because I don't believe her. And in this situation, there are plenty of people who get in these bad situations and they are treated horribly and they are abused and they are injured. And those people are now going, I'm, I'm not even going to go there yet, guys. You know what I'm trying to say. Let's, let's, let's move on. Um, continuing with the battle of the experts. Dr. Hughes does not agree with the diagnoses that were made by Dr. Curry. And this is not shocking. We expected this, right, guys? So she said that to be diagnosed with a personality disorder, it requires a pervasive pattern in a variety of contexts. Meaning, you know, if there's no evidence that this behavior was happening before and after the incident that it basically and and we didn't get the end of this. And that's why I'm um, 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 objection. We got a lot of objections at this point, so she didn't get to finish her sentence there. But there, so physical violence, not sexual violence. Also, trigger warning if you don't want to hear this. It's really not. This one isn't isn't too, isn't really too bad at all. But you know what? If you're triggered, skip it. Um, physical violence reported by Amber Heard: pushing, shoving, slapping, choking, kicking, and being pushed into a wall. I find that last one especially interesting because if you guys remember during last week when they played audio clips of Amber Heard. It is very strange. There's an audio clip where she is screaming at Johnny Depp, going, stop poking me, stop poking me, stop rushing me, stop pushing me into a corner and poking me with a stick. Obviously, these are not things that are actually happening in this moment. She is using, you know, flowery language, metaphors to, and and let me finish my, let me finish pretending I'm Amber Heard and doing an Amber Heard impression. She goes, you, you push me into a wall. You always push me into a wall. You say, what do you think about this wall? You push me into this wall and you say, what do you think about that wall? So I found, I found this, this, you know, language particularly interesting. Also, there was a lot of, um, objections here about, I, I forgot about this. Um, she was reading her notes, reading her notes while she was on the stand. That's a no-no. You cannot do that. Now, I have to also point out, she looked annoyed at the objections about this. She's testified as an expert witness. How many times? 50, she said. She damn well knows that you cannot read from your notes from the stand. That is not okay. You can, and I know it sounds silly. You're allowed to look at your notes and refresh your memory and then, and then speak, but you cannot read from your notes. That's not how it works. Nobody else is allowed to read from their notes on the stand. Am I right? All right. So, you know, I didn't like her, uh, her little, she looked, she looked annoyed about it. And I was like, girl, come on, you know better. Anyway, um, then she talked about, oh no. Okay. So he, I said he pushed her, kicked her and pushed her into a wall metaphorically no I mean she's claiming it really happened but I think those tapes are indicative of otherwise anyway injuries bruising cuts vaginal pain from sexual assaults lost consciousness on several occasions in Australia in 2015 and subsequently in Los Angeles in 2015 um then I don't really know what that means um then they talked about Johnny Depp's coercive control was very significant she says um he, he, she says that according, I mean, this is all according to Amber. It wasn't said according to Amber. She said it as if they were facts. So, you know, in a, in a way she was a good expert because she said it like as if it was fact. She didn't say like Amber reported to me. She said Johnny Depp interfered with Amber's career because he was upset about like nudity and male co-stars. Um, and I'm like, girl, I'm like, lady, seriously, like who was Amber Heard? Who is she? Who was she? Most of the people here didn't even know who the fuck she was. Anyway, um... Like basically implying that she was jealous, he was jealous and didn't want her to work with at all because he didn't want her to be around other men and so on and so forth. Um, 
he, they said that he control he he was controlling the things she wore, calling her a whore and things like that. He criticized her ambition, and she was fear even she was fearful to look at scripts. And I find that also very hard to believe. She was fearful. She was just screaming at him. She's fearful to look at a script when he's not around, but she's gonna scream in his face. I, I don't I don't know, guys. I'm I'm I feel bad that I'm doing this because of other abuse victims, but I I can't help myself because I just fucking don't believe this bitch. Um, he would call, they're saying he would call directors and actors that she worked with and say, quote unquote, I got eyes down there. All of this, again, solely based on what Amber Heard reported to her. So I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt. Then they talk about Australia in 2015 and how, you know, we all know Johnny Depp went a little nuts on that day, on that, on that trip. And he got it. Well, he got his finger cut off. So he was he ended up he ended up writing shit on their walls and on the mirror with a bloody finger and bloody paint. Crazy, maybe. Warranted, also maybe. Um, but she says that this type of behavior, and they showed the picture of the writing on the on the mirror that said, I think it said, starring Billy Bob and Easy Amber, referring to a movie that she had done with Billy Bob Thornton. I don't know when I think it was in 2000 and I don't I don't know it was a it would this year a year or two before I don't fucking know but it doesn't really be it really doesn't matter but she testified that this is what obsessive control looks like so hey guys remember don't you ever write on any on any mirrors about Billy Bob Thornton because that is that's gonna that's gonna look bad so where are we now psychological abuse <laughs> this is laughable. She's like, he called her a slut and a whore and a cunt. But then she does admit that she also said nasty things to him. Now, I found it, like, again, she had a lot of gender bias, and I think that that's super fucked up for a psychologist to have. Um, and and as an, if, you, if you treat abuse victims, you should damn well know that this can happen to men. I don't know, man. If you don't know that, I think I think maybe you gotta, you gotta, you gotta read something about it, because that's that's not good. But she... She basically was saying like, well, when Amber was violent, it wasn't, it didn't, it, that's, that's fine because she said she, she was sorry. Like, no, that's not how this works. Like that, that's just not how it works, period. And everybody listening knows that it's just not logical. Uh, they talk about substance abuse by Johnny Depp. And she said that there was a lot of lying, concealment and blaming of Amber Heard for him being able to remain clean. Now, this made me a little mad because we have heard that she was uh, attending Al-Anon meetings, which if you guys don't know, um, you know, you know what um, AA is. A- Al-Anon is then what's for people. It's for people that are family members of people that are that are alcoholics to help them uh, support them, too. So basically, she's saying that um, he was blaming Amber for being able not to st- be being unable to stay clean. And I just think. She's going to the, she says she's going to these Al-Anon meetings and yet she is refusing to, you know, stop drinking in front of Johnny and stop drinking around Johnny. And I just don't, I just think that's bullshit because if you're really going to Al-Anon meetings, you would be learning that that's like not good. If you're really trying to help somebody stop drinking, you, you stop drinking around them. I'm sorry. It's really not that difficult unless you yourself also have a drinking problem. Just something to think about. F- food for thought, if you will. Um, they talked about that all how most of these claim most of the claim most of the things that she's claiming all happened when Johnny Depp was fucked up and notably she's like he was blacked out and i think that's also strange because if he was blacked out he's not going to be able to say that he didn't do something so a little convenient there but they also talked about 
she said that Amber Heard's uh, psych, psych status deteriorated during their relationship, that she lost weight. She was like, I think they said 125 pounds, and then she was 105 pounds. And I'm like, okay. So over a six-year period, she lost five pounds. I mean, 20 pounds. Uh, there was more. She said she suffered from more panic and anxiety. And yeah, so that that was pretty much... That was pretty much the in, the testimony from her. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I lied. Now we're getting into the three defamatory statements and the emotional impact they had on Amber Heard. And these defamatory statements, these are her counterclaim. This is what her counterclaim is based on. And these were not made by Johnny Depp. They're not claiming that she had PTSD from anything Johnny Depp said to her or, or any abuse that she suffered at the hands of Johnny Depp. She is claiming that she has PTSD from statements made by Johnny Depp's prior attorney, Adam Waldman. And if this isn't bullshit, I don't know what is, guys. So the dates of these statements, April 8th, 2017, April 27th, 2020, June 24th, 2020. He called her claims of sexual violence a hoax, and she's upset about it. The, the doctor said having to defend allegations of abuse against claims they are made up would... It would aggravate the symptoms of PTSD. Now, hold on a second. Aggravate the symptoms of PTSD? So what does that mean? Is she claiming the PTSD is not from these statements? I don't know, guys. This whole thing is bullshit. I don't, I don't even know how you can claim defamatory statements against somebody that isn't the person that said them. Like, it just seems dumb. Um, she then goes, the doctor quotes, this is one thing women are always afraid of that no one's going to believe what they say and nobody is going to take them seriously again she says this is one thing women 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 men can you said earlier lady men are victims too why are you only saying women and using uh, female pronouns I find that really offensive but anyway that was pretty much the end of her testimony so let's do some analysis and talk about let's let's talk about her feelings um you know she said the opposite of what Curry said we're not surprised that was expected so her main opinions, like we said, was that she suffered from interpersonal violence at the hands of Johnny Depp and that she's suffering from PTSD as a result of the defamatory statements that her sexual abuse claims are a hoax that were made by Johnny Depp's lawyer. Um, I, I talked about this already, that test that concluded that Johnny Depp was extremely, like, so much more violent than her. I thought that was weird. Super biased. How are you evaluating somebody that's you're not treating? I think that's sketchy. Um, also this whole, like, that she was grabbed by the vagina and dragged violently by Johnny Depp. I find that extremely interesting. Do you want to know why? I'm sure you do. Because if you go read her op-ed, she brings up Donald Trump and the whole grab her by the pussy thing. And I just think that this is a little relevant. I truly do. Because you know what? They are aligning Johnny Depp with negative people in this case. Well, when I say negative people, what I mean is people that are very can be very perceived by the public very negatively by at least part of the public and now they haven't brought up trump that's just my analysis of that situation i I, it just really made me think that as soon as i heard her say it i was like whoa hold on a second because of the op-ed that made me think that they've been aligning johnny depp with with marilyn manson throughout this entire trial so far which i find offensive like just because I, i don't know if you guys know marilyn manson is being accused of sexual assault by Evan Rachel Wood right now. I don't know that a lot of people know that that aren't paying attention to like celebrity stuff. I, I doubt like everyday people are just like, let me read about Marilyn Manson. Um, it really hasn't been that publicized. I know, I know like I'm sure some of you are like, yes, it has. 
But I just think they're using his image as, you know, people think Marilyn Manson's fucking weird, man. And they're like, why would Johnny Depp hang out with him? And I just, you know, I I think it's she's aligning Johnny Depp with negative people and behavior of people of behavior of people that people perceive negatively. All right. I'm done with my analysis of uh, Donald Trump now. A negative thing for Johnny. I know, guys, a negative thing for Johnny, but I'm, I'm trying to be fair. I'm trying to tell you the truth. Neither of Amber Heard's treating therapists have diagnosed her with personality disorders, either uh, borderline or histrionic. So, you know, they they see her, obviously, I would think, a lot a lot more than Dr. Curry has seen her, and that, that diagnosis has never been made. And, okay, so there were a lot of, you know, you, you heard, there were a lot of uh, specific details regarding assault that were given in testimony today, especially sexual assault. And this all sounds horrible and terrible to a jury, and it made it made it a good day for Amber Heard in that sense. But th- this could really backfire on them. And and personally, I, I think it's going to. And why? how is it going to backfire? So Amber, Amber Heard is going to have to corroborate all of these details that she has that have now been put out there. And she's going to have to do that with more than just, you know, well, this is this is what I said. I'm saying this. Uh, and I, you know, to this, at this point, we have not seen really, I truly, if you guys want to call me out, I haven't seen a single shred of evidence that proved Johnny Depp physically or sexually assaulted her um, or abused her. So I think this that's going to be tough for her. Uh, you know, she's going to testify to it. Of course she will. But, you know, you, you need you need to back up your words with some evidence if you're going to prove something in the court of law. So overall, I thought I thought Dr. Hughes was less effective than Dr. Curry. And obviously she's not done yet, so this is, you know, I'm I'm telling you how I feel as of this moment. Um although both of them obviously seem to I I said this in my in my episode about Dr. Curry's testimony, they both seem to have a little bit of bias towards, you know, whatever whoever they were testifying for. I felt that Hughes Hughes was much more. I I did. Considering all of her opinions were comp- were solely they were stated as facts and they were solely based on Amber Heard's telling of of her side of the story. Uh this this wasn't the case with with Dr. Curry because Dr. Curry, you know, didn't didn't evaluate Johnny Depp uh, psychologically. So, you know, it wasn't his story. It was Amber's side but with her own analysis and not just basing her entire opinion off of a story that Amber Heard ter- told her. So I I do think that that's I do think that that's uh relevant and important. Um, I also think it's very biased to confirm domestic violence based only on Amber Heard's word. I mean, psychologists, psychiatrists, mental health experts and professionals who are treating uh, people are not there to confirm and figure out if domestic violence occurred. That's not their job. They're not police officers. They're not detectives. That's not the point of a therapist. So, and I actually think Dr. Curry said something along those lines in her testimony. You know, they're not there to be like, yes, this definitely happened. And again, like if a therapist tr- does think that that's going on and sees signs of that going on, they're supposed to report that and get help for their for their patient. And we didn't see that happen at all here, and she was being seen by a number of medical and and you know, mental health professionals throughout her relationship with Johnny Depp. And I just again think that that's something to um to point out. Let's see. Oh, uh, you know, during during direct examination of their own expert witness, apparently her attorney, Elaine, forgot how to lay a foundation for an expert. And that's 
that's law school, like not 101, but it's like law school 3L year. If you don't fucking know how to lay a foundation for a witness that you're putting up there, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta prepare better, man. Um, Oh my God, this was actually great. Elaine called Dr. Hughes, Dr. Curry twice. It was awesome. It was amazing. Elaine is endless entertainment. I can't even not like her because she's hilarious. She gives me, she makes me laugh. It's not, she's not doing it on purpose, but she cracks me the fuck up. The amica cream thing. I can't, I can't. The muffin man thing. Again, I digress. Um, For me, the testimony today didn't line up with the evidence that we've seen and heard in the trial so far. You know, it it doesn't confirm to me that Amber Heard was a victim of sexual violence or uh, domestic violence at the hand of of Johnny Depp. I'm not going to take this at her. I I just can't believe it because I can't fully believe it when somebody is only basing their opinion on one person's side of the story. Uh, Where are we? So, oh, okay. So let's talk about this. Amber Heard was supposed to testify first, but she didn't. Why? Why didn't she? Well, I think that after after Dr. Curry got up there and said what she had to say and did a good job of saying what she had to say and did a good job of tying it in with the evidence that we've seen and the testimony we've heard, they needed they couldn't just put Amber Heard up there. Can you imagine if they just put her up there and she starts telling her story? These people are going to be like, you're a fucking liar and you're crazy. Um, they needed to put this psychologist up first. This was strategic and it, it was, I think it was smart. I also thought it was insane that they were going to put her up first anyway, because that's just insane. Um, but they needed to put the doctor up there first so that they could get, you know, this, this expert opinion out to say, no, I don't agree with that. She doesn't have these, these personality disorders and she is suffering from PTSD. So that, that was just something to think about there. Oh, fun fact. I did some research, um, this, this expert actually testified in the Keith Rainieri, that was the leader of the Nexium cult. She testified at that trial. She testified for the prosecution. Just just interesting. So, you know, she's people find her very credible. So we shouldn't we shouldn't hate on her because both of these doctors are probably great therapists. So um, also she was ah, again, again. OK, so after today, you can only imagine that tomorrow or I think tomorrow will be, I don't know if, I don't think they finished her today. I think they'll, they'll finish direct in the morning and then get into cross. Cross examination is going to be fucking wild guys. And I don't think you're going to want to miss it. So you should tune in. Also, once they're done with this doctor, supposedly Amber Heard herself is going to take the stand. So tune in for that or just come here and I'll tell you all the shit that bitch said. (laughs) Just kidding. Not really. So we're, we're done for now and we're all caught up again. And I want to, I just, again, one more time, got a shout out to all my new listeners and followers, you guys rock. I love you already. Shout out to that Johnny Depp community. You guys are awesome. You've really been like helping me get some content. So again, keep giving it to me. I'll take it. Any questions, please reach out. I had a lot of people reach out to me this week and I, I really, you know, I'm happy to answer questions and it makes me, you know, makes me happy to help people understand this stuff because it can be really complicated. So we also, we got some Amber Heard stands on the on attack here so you know if you guys if you guys like what you hear and you want to you want to help me out please please rate the show give it some stars rate me a light a nice love note in the review section and don't forget to follow the show on social media so that you can reach out with your questions or information content whatever you want and i can talk about it on here uh twitter lz blonde pod and instagram legally dirty blonde pod and until tomorrow remember legally dirty blondes have more fun